Want to go swimming? <laughs> Have you ever heard something in your life, maybe new, maybe for the first time, like you had never heard before, and it changed you? And has there ever been a time where you've heard something brand new and it changed how you saw the world and experienced the world that little did you know a powerful encounter was about to take place? It's fascinating that I saw that commercial one time on TV, probably doing what I do well, watch other people play sports, and that Pacific Life commercial came on and, and it, just, it just caught me. It was one of those, wait a minute, so, you know, with a gift of DVR, who watches commercials. So I found myself searching and YouTubing. And in 1968, there were the first recordings of the whales. And it changed the way humanity reacts to whales. And it began a banning and a protection and a preservation of whales because they heard a song that they didn't know would come from a whale. And I'll tell you, just this past week, I saw that other clip as I was looking through some of these things, and Chad and I were talking together about how to put together a message that shares from my heart of hearing a new song. And I see this clip of this photographer face-to-face -face with this huge whale. And that's powerful enough. You think about people who do that professionally, and then it moves, and you see what appears to be one of us just out snorkeling and this massive animal. Have you ever heard anything in your life that was brand new or so new that it changed the way you looked at the world around you? And did it lead to a powerful encounter that you had no idea that was awaiting you? My friends, that's my hope to share with you today from my heart. Doug's coming to visit. I'm up with some new friends here in beautiful Agura, not to give my shtick. Not to pull something out of the file going, this has worked in the past. People have laughed, listened, cried. You know, the things that we speakers want to do. It's just this is a journey that I've been on. And part of it's been a fresh hearing. How about for you? I don't know where you are in your life journey, in your spiritual journey. But recently, or was there a time ago that there was a new song that was put in your heart? And you said, I, I've never seen the world the same. Has it created a, an effort, a passion, a preservation, a commitment to endangered lives of our own, our own souls, or to the endangered lives of people around us that has launched us into this experience? I've had that in the last few years. I've been hanging around the, the business of what we do for a lot of years. I was one of those students hanging around like the agape singers. I told them beforehand I was so inspired to see them leading us into the presence of God this morning. I spent yesterday at a leadership conference at Azusa Pacific University with about 500 students from around the United States, and they were hearing the message that you are the church, and I watched them speak and lead and lead worship, and I was just so inspired. So be a part of that today. It's already been something that's revived my own soul, though, so that's been a gift to me as well. There, in this last season, there was a time, I'll share one with you, that um, it it influenced how I look at the world and what happens when we people get together and do this thing called church. There's some people who were disappointed with what was happening in a ministry that I was a part of. Surprise, huh? And they were, they were just happy where it's going. And unfortunately, a key staff member didn't want to be a part of the ministry moving forward anymore. And so the, the choir director, leader, left, and you would think the world had ended. And some people were unhappy with that. And they voiced their unhappiness. And we had a town hall meeting. And I saw and heard 
things from people and expressions and emotions, and I went, wow. And I thought, some of you have been around this organized effort called this church for about 35 years, and I got to tell you, my friends, I had heard about that, read about that in books, but had never seen it up close and personal. It was my own kind of a whale encounter that didn't go so well. And I thought to myself, if this is the end result of 35 years of doing what we do, we should probably shut it down. Now, not everybody. There's one of the leaders of this church who at one conversation was sitting in the front with his head in his hands, with his hands buried. And later he said, I've been teaching some of these folks in a Sunday school class for 10, 12 years. And then I heard what came out of their mouth and watched them and then I saw them interact and saw them treat you the leader and went, really? I tell you, my friends, I looked at it and went, wow, is this what we do? What have we heard that results in this is what it's about? That was something kind of in this sense. And then after that, I had my own season that uh, after finishing that ministry after a season there and then another time where... Um, there's a, there's a story at the end of the book of Acts called, it's where Paul is sailing to Rome. Have you ever had a time in your life where you're sailing one place to your destiny and you end up getting shipwrecked on an island you never planned on stopping at? You just wanted to kind of wave on the way by, now you're camped out there. Some of you are living that right now, and this was a season for me. I called it the Island of Malta season. It was my Malta season, and, and Paul was there about 90 days, so I put about 45 days into the season, post-ministry as a freelance guy, speaking, doing some things where you're scrambling financially, trying to figure out what's next for me in that journey. Maybe you're in that season right now, and you're wondering, what am I doing? What's just happened? A lot of us have had that for the last few years, we've experienced those kind of things. So I was in the season of Malta, looking for what was next. But Paul stayed there 90 days until the season was better for him to sail forward. I would do that. So in my journal, I began to write Malta Day 53. <laughs> Malta Day 67. Malta the 80s, my Lord, I'm waiting for you that new ship to come and sail on to my destiny. And I got to about Malta Day 95 and went, okay, we're going to set a new record. I'm leaving Paul behind. <laughs> and then it got into triple digits, and those triple digits in expanded, and then it expanded. And in that season, I had more time to say, okay, Lord, what, what is going on? What is happening? Where am I going? Where is I've got a heart and passion desire to be connected with people and do what you want me to do. That's not happening. In that season, funny, I went from the island of Malta. Some of you may know the story of Joseph in the prison in Egypt for two years. I thought I went from the island of Malta. Now I'm in Egyptian prison. Egyptian prison, day 283. I had 300 days of that journey. I'm wondering what was next. Do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that, but not many any place where soul, passion, identity, gifts, income, definition income, did that all be a part of that? I spent a lot longer on that island. I just wanted to wait on the line. I didn't even have an idea. But in that season, my friends, there was a pressure. And there was enough time for me to silence the noise of my world, to do something that my wife and I had never done, but spent almost every day for like an hour, an hour and a half studying scripture and studying what I call one of our paper mentors and speaking in my soul. And there was a fresh hearing like I had not had. And I had been following Jesus for a lot of years. But there was enough of the silence, the questions, the curiosity, the anxiety that I kept coming forward on okay, Lord, this is in me, the identity that was struggling to find a place in people. That, that was me. I don't know if that's any real world to you, but that was very real. 
midst of this, I had a fresh hearing of Jesus. And I heard Jesus speak, not in any clear, audible way, but just profoundly to myself, my wife, our marriage. And here was the invitation. Follow me. Doug, follow me. Can't remember what That's the plan. As soon as we get there, I got some strategic ideas that I don't get any back in And he said, follow me. And I had a fresh hearing of Jesus. It was a new song in my heart. It's though there were recordings and sounds that I had not heard before. And I'm like, wow. What's the noise that I've been about? It was influenced by some people that I experienced who were speaking the noise. And then a season of quiet that the noise in my own soul was coming out. And there was a fresh hearing. Here's some things I've discovered in that. And I want to share with you today that I hope in your journey, something may resonate. You may hear a note, maybe a chorus, a verse, maybe even a song that resonates with your own heart. Here's what I've learned to stop doing. And this fresh hearing stop being a Christian. Stop being a Christian. Two. Stop doing your devotions. Stop doing your devotions. Three, stop going to church. Stop. Stop going to church. And the fourth one, stop trying to save the world. Now, before you're wondering how soon can we take our kick off the stage, Bill <laughs> thought of somebody, I was standing in here chat, he said he liked it. Did you not do any betting? <laughs> Let me share with you some words that have brought some clarity in my own soul, heart, life, and mind. If you have a Bible, I encourage you to look to the words of Jesus captured by one of his followers named Matthew. Matthew chapter 4. Verse 17 and following. Matthew 4, 17 and following. Open up your Bible. Turn on your Bible if you haven't already. Pull that out. I'm going to NIV. You can go to NIT. There's 73 different versions that you've got. A new version, which is one of them. Or you can look on the screen. Matthew 4, 17 and following. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter. And his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake, but they were fishermen. That's the setup. Before that, there's a phrase that you can see up there. Do we read that first phrase out loud with me? From that time on, Jesus began to preach. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Those are the words that became a new fresh year. And then after that, you see Jesus walking on the lake, and he sees Simon, called Peter, later called Peter and Andrew, they're casting net to the lake, for they're fishermen, doing what fishermen do. Business of fish. And what's Jesus say to them? That's not a rhetorical question. What's Jesus? Oh, I'm following. I'm following. And what? I'm send you out to fish for people. I'll send you out to fish for people. I have a whole new world. I've got an encounter larger, bigger.
know the creation that I have to unfold for you. Repent. Stop doing it your way. The kingdom of Adam is right here. Right now. So with that, follow me. And in those words, those fresh words became so new and so powerful to me. And the season is yours. The island of Malta went on and on and on. And you can imagine the scrambling of the finances and the fears and the anxiety and all that was blowing up within us. It's that sense of repent. That word, Paul says, it's a gift. Repentance is a gift, which is a crazy thing. I think it's a gift so that we can experience a renewal. It's the ability to hear a song you haven't heard before. Repent for me is I'm going this way. I'm doing my thing. And all of a sudden, I realize this, <laughs> this isn't working. Is it? No, it's, it's not working. And I hear the voice, the song, the call of Jesus saying, the kingdom of heaven is right here. Now I can look and go, great, where I push I get down? It's right here. The kingdom is at hand. It's me. Follow me. Come follow me. Stop doing it your way. I think a lot of times we can get our roles of organized faith and church. Again. Well, it's all about my sin. I've been messing up. I should probably do things different. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to take this sin to Jesus and he's going to cleanse it. I'm going to work. I get rid of that sin. And it's sure there's moments of what happens in our hearts when it's that sense of where I'm going, it's not working. And then I hear a call, a song, a voice, something fresh, something new. And I turn around and it's not that I'm encountering a new way to live life. I'm encountering a new life in Jesus. When's the last time you heard a fresh hearing of Jesus? Now, there may be someone here today, or maybe a DPS next week in the heart of a child, but they hear something they've never heard in their lives. You came with a friend, a family member, you're like, okay, I'll go to church with you. I'm going to buy lunch. Wish you could work and buy lunch, you don't have to. <laughs> the pastor did the heretic guy, he said, you need to buy lunch. So, and all of a sudden, today, you may be going, you know what, my life's really not working. And it's not about hearing what I should do, but hearing about who I can experience and encounter. How oh, he loves me. Oh, how he loves me. And that song, is that in your heart? You're singing the people around you. You look at your life and it's not working. In their lives, they find joy. And you go, that's what I want. And a fresh hearing. Some doing it your way. There was a time I came to faith as a 14-year-old young man who began to experiment with ways to ruin my life. And what will you through and said, hey, come hang out here. And I thought, okay, so you had the three goals that I had in life. Free food, fun activities, and cute girls. And I thought, okay, I'll go. I'll go to youth group. And I started hanging out in youth group in a little church. And Jesus captured my heart. He connected some of those Sunday school stories as a kid with the reality of the God through his people and by his word. And that changed me. So that experience had happened. But I realized that I had built up in a system of what it means to do the work of Him. And that fresh hearing and season when I saw a picture of what it looks like that I don't want us to look like over the other as His people. And that was also met following that by a season of quiet and unknown of me thinking what's next. Follow me. Follow me. Students earlier brought the Word of God to us in Psalm 40. Psalm 40. Verse 3. Those words that come up so clearly. Read this out loud with me, if you would, please. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear.
way that I can to the fullest is no longer my way, but his way. And I'm not just doing it his way, but it's his. It's that slander, it's that giving that all to him. At the very beginning of the ministry of Jesus, he said to these fishermen, drop your nets and follow me. And at the very end of his public ministry, walking the days and the earth and the ways that he did, he sat with Peter three and a half years or so later, so I'll have a conversation about what you love and what matters most to you. And at the end of that conversation, he said two words. What were those three words of dedication to Peter? What was it? He started the whole thing. He loved for the eyes of Jesus and the love of God to this amazing, incredible man who said that Peter is but signed his brother Andrew, then James and John. I got a laugh for you. You have no idea what you're doing. Powerful experience you're about to encounter. I'm going to put a new song in your heart and just follow me. And three and a half years later, the same message was follow me. That's what I'm trying to learn how to do, my friends. First, follow Jesus. You see, that sense of stop being a Christian and now follow me. Jesus never commanded us to be a Christian. He never came out of his mouth. But numerous times, throughout the time we walked here, he said, follow me. We're followers. We're Christians. The first time we called Christians, we were Gentiles, who were the Christ ones, the little Christ. But we've become Christians and we've organized Christianity. Now we have organizations, institutions of Christianity to perpetuate the doctrines and systems of Christianity, which is all good and well because it's all about the teaching of Scripture. But Jesus said, follow me. I found out we get lost in the middle of that. Stop being a Christian. I got a friend of mine who said, I'm a really good Christian. Matter of fact, I'm so good I can go pro. <laughs> but he just shared with us, he's our lead worshiper in our little gathering where we're going down a few miles south of here. And he said, but I'm in preschool when it comes to following Jesus. I'm just learning how to do that. His dad has been a mentor of mine speaking in our lives about seven or eight years ago. He realized there's so much stuff that I built about the system that's about following Jesus so seven or eight years ago. He's been on a journey of Jesus plus time. It's simply about so, what are you doing? For me, the new hearing was, see, God, follow me. And then when you're doing that, stop doing your emotions and live with my words and strive to do what I say. A small group, there's a woman talking about struggling with her emotions one day, and she's walking her dog, and she wanted to do her emotions. Later on, the community guy said, well, don't do your emotions. What can you say? I said, go walk your dog again. Take a scripture with you and look to the flowers and look to the birds and go, you know, Lord, I don't worry about them. Maybe the homeowners association does, but I don't. <laughs> Maybe you take care of them. I hear from you that I'm more valuable to you than they are. Thank you. I said, walk your dog and look at your dog like I have with our black lab retriever and said, my dog is more loved and more loving than me and my family. And I looked at my dog and thought, if I could just learn how to love people like no one loves people. <laughs> Forget WWJD, it's WWFC, what would a stormy do? <laughs> 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 to live with those words, and just, I sure there was some woman who walked her dog and she'll laugh and stop that, you know, here's what I laugh, stop me, I love people, love in the way that he loves She's like, wow. If I can worship God the way my Labrador worship me, 
It's not about doing your devotion to get back to my devotions. Don't go back and do your devotion. Take God's word with you. Take Jesus' word. And it's simply just this week, follow me, follow me. Lord, I'm not sure that means anymore. I'm trying to learn what that means. I want to talk to friends in this morning. What does that mean to you? What are you doing this week that means to follow me? How do you do that? I want to live with his words. I've got a man speaking truth in my life. He said, I'm doing the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. I'm trying to follow the teachings of Jesus. Amazing my third love is that sense of, of stop being, stop going to church, but striving to be the church. My friends, stop trying to church. Don't come here to arrive at the fellowship because you go to church and church is building this. It's become for us, hasn't it? To be the church. And you're trying to figure out what it means to follow him and live with his words. Get ready to do your devotions and bring your devotions with you. And Jesus, it's not just today trying to figure out as a businessman, as a mom, as a businesswoman, as a leader of the community, as a coach, as a sports team. What would your words do to these people? How do I live that? And then bring that back on a Sunday or a Tuesday night when you're gathered with two or three people. Because Jesus is right there. And just say, here's what it's like for me. Be the church. Stop going to church, Doug. Stop doing the systems and the structure. In our little gathering, we talk about the 10K to 10,000. There's 10,080 minutes in a week. We spent about eight minutes gathered on a Sunday morning, maybe 90 to gather with any rambles. <laughs> the 10,000 minutes in the 10K is where you are in our culture represent Jesus. So this week, go run the 10K. And be the church out there. Go be beautiful. Go represent Jesus. Know that he's with you each and every step. Instead of saying, okay, Lord, I'm Met you on Sunday, I'm going to take your stuff, I'm going to try and do it, I'm going to come back and check with you next week. Bring with you and live with his words. Ask that question. What would Jesus do if he was living my life right now? So that's the only way I'm trying to learn how to follow him. I'm not trying to live Jesus' life. He did that pretty well. Perfectly. <laughs> but if he was a middle-aged white guy from Southern California trying to figure out how to live, how would he live my life? What would his priorities be? What would be to trust him and seek him first? How do you live out this kingdom? Be the church. When you hear a man stand up front and say, I've learned some things from a wise advisor through this video program, and my wife and I are trying to figure out how to trust God with our money. And he gives a testimony. It's one of the most beautiful stories of Matthew 6 that I've ever heard. Seek me first. You have places where the stuff's going to be destroyed, consumed by moths and mustard, you can build up and have it. Don't worry about this stuff. See, me, I'll take care of this. And the next day I heard that. That was Matthew 6 preached to me. John was the church to me. I don't know where I hit with you. I know that. That's what it was like to follow him on Jesus. None this is mine. What a powerful picture. So sit with him and his wife and go, what did you do to follow Jesus and how did that affect your clients? Follow me. That's something in your emotions. And take my words into your life. And then be the church. And stop trying to save the world and just be about loving God with everything you have. Love your neighbors yourself and then wait that day to see what kind of conversation opportunity I open up for you in the process. Be a part of calling people into following Jesus. My fresh hearing, simply follow Jesus and engage others to join me in the journey. He's going to make the disciples. My commitment is to love God with everything I have, love them. 
people the way I want to be loved, and then say, Lord, what do I do today following you? And that process, he'll engage those who lean in and listen. In Matthew 13, Jesus gives these words. He's talking about the power of God's presence. And he talks about those who don't hear, those whose hearts are hardened, those who are callous, those who can't see. And he talks about those who have what? Ears do, and eyes do. Yeah, fresh air of Jesus. Or like me, where you're about being a Christian. I do a good thing. Do my devotions. I'm supposed to. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to save the world. And the fresh air is you hear what I have to share. My friends, listen with ears to hear. Look with eyes to see. Watch the relationships that God develops in your life. And then, as you lead and listen, you will become a leadable congregation. My prayer is that God sends you someone who's had a fresh air of Jesus, who's compelled to be a part of the Burr Hills and the very community, who is compelled to be with you, and says, I want to follow Jesus. You want to go with me? There are incredible adventures out there in the unknown, and we just jump in and swim. We're going to see things that we've never seen before. But that leader will not be able to lead unless you're leaning into hear with ears to I pray that a wonderful world of Arkansas that you go as all to Jesus. And take his words with you. And when you do that, find people who are following Jesus. Lead that church together and watch what he does. You're not retiring. He's promoting you to a whole new place to reach people who don't know the joy and power. They don't have a new song in their heart. Oh, that you would be those people. That when this leader would say, I'm sending to Jesus and Tell me things and be sure things that you have to go. What are you hearing? Because that new song will create a preservation and commitment to the danger of humankind like has not been seen for it. So for you, what's the new song? Isaiah, in a time of trouble in the land of Judah, the people of Israel, what has happened? He brings some words of hope. He speaks about a location in the land of Israel, the valley of Sharon. Isaiah 65, 10. Sharon will become a pasture for flocks, and the valley of Acor a resting place for herds, for my people who what? See. Follow me. Let my words live in you. Be my people together and watch what I do in relation to John. And in this land, the valley of Sharon, this, this great area is a beautiful place of fertility and life. There's the, there's the Sharon fruit. It's an Israel persimmon that comes out of it. It's about a beauty that the land of, of milk and honey, land for a fruit, there'd be the picture, the icon to the land of Israel is carrying a grace. It's a land of tremendous fertility, tremendous growth. A missionary was there in the valley of Sharon. He said this quote, and I found it so powerful. Here on the left, on the top left, is a caterpillar picture from the land, the valley of Sharon. And the bottom one is, is a rare purple iris. And this missionary from 180 years ago, so said, the whole valley of Sharon, from the mountains of Jerusalem to the sea, from the foot of Carmel to the hills of Gaza, is spread before you like a painted map. It's extremely beautiful. Especially 
when the last rays of the setting sun build the distant mountaintops. The weary farmer returns from his labor, and the bleeding flocks from frisking and joyful to their fold. At such a time I saw it, and I lingered long in pensive meditation until the stars looked out from the sky, and the cool breezes of evening began to shed soft dews on the feverish land. What a paradise was here when Solomon reigned in Jerusalem and sang of the roses of Sharon. Oh, that we would hear that in our own lives. Put your name and put your life in there. That a song of Sharon would be singing in our hearts. There would be a whole new growth of life. Isaiah talks about the Valley of Acre. It's the place where Achan, Achan, decided to take his way back in the Israelites' land, the people of Joshua had all kinds of trouble in the of his life. 35 of the 35, 36 soldiers at the time of his family because he wanted to do it his way. And that's considered proverbially the valley of despair, of difficulty, of death. Call it your island of Malta. That's the valley they know. Is that where you feel like you were at? There's a new song following Jesus. And letting his words live in you and being with his people and watching him build relationships that all of a sudden things will begin to blossom. And you may feel like you're stuck in the bushes Caterpillar, but the DNA of a butterfly is the inside. And that's the song that God wants to sing to us and through us. The Valley of April. I talked to a man recently who talked about 12 years of addiction. He was a church one Christian. But 12 years of battle and struggle, I just talked to him. And he said about four months ago, I totally surrendered. So what I'm trying to do this morning, it's not working. And he said, I just gave it all away. So he went from surrender to abandonment. He was deep in the valley of April. There was no fruit coming out of his life. And he said, in that surrender, God did an incredible work in my heart. Gentlemen, I don't know what slows you down. Man, I don't know what trips you up. But for this man, he was distracted by things that visually attracted him. And for 12 years of struggle, he said, I finally just totally surrendered. And he said, I have changed in what I'm trying to be focused on trying to do, but my heart's changed. And because of that, what I'm focused on, what I'm doing about is completely changed. He said, I got a guy at work who struggles some of the same things, and I found myself recently talking with him about what I've learned about following Jesus. And he's in the process of making life another the same. I don't know what valley you're in, what place you're at, but there's a new something God wants to in your heart. But as song as you know, the world desperately needs to learn the melody, the lyrics, and the chords. Stop being a Christian, brother. Stop just trying to do your devotions and go to church and save the world. Follow me. Follow me. Let my words live in you and through you. Find people that together in the 10,000 minutes in the real world you can be in church together in a beautiful way to represent. In the process, I will call you. Invite him to join you on the journey following Jesus. Interesting, out of that season of altar for me, I lunch with a friend. He said, what's going on in history? I told him, joy is the challenge of the unknown. I said, why could be that God has you here to stay here and start a new work? Well, people will be committed to that as well. He said, if you're willing to leave that, I'm going to be a part of this. I said, really? We should probably have a wise talk. Yeah. Kind of wound up together to talk before we said this meal over dinner, put our hands in, and I guess we're all in. We put our hands in and said, here we go. And I 
about two months later, we had some people gathered in their family room, and then we said, pray for us for a few weeks. And they said, what if we start? We said, we don't remember following Jesus. And a couple months later, the following is born. And the last 12 weeks, including this afternoon, like week 13, we've been meeting every week with a group of us just following Jesus, trying to figure out what it means to do this again. What an incredible gift from account of what I never imagined to this extent. It was right around the corner when I heard the new song, Simply Following Jesus. Now I'm going to do this with a very good This morning, a song is in our hearts. A song is sung over you. We love God and love you with His grace. This morning, you're able to experience that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 